check, check. Mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show is live. It's 11 a.m. March 3rd. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading these shows and all of that. 702-586-7857. If you want to give us a call, 702-586-PULP. Today on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, we're giving away a pair of Fly Racing Zone Pro goggles and a pair of FMF Vision goggles as well in honor of Cade Clayson making yet another main event. We do that every time Cade makes a main because he wears FMF goggles and so does Dean Wilson and others. Thank you to Fly Racing guys. Justin Brayton. A past Daytona winner wearing fly racing while well, he's doing it again. Still wearing fly out there. R.J. Hampshire, Styles Robertson. I really like that blue stuff that they ran uh, last week, and I think it's the kinetic. Uh, looks really good. Flyracing.com. The Formula Helmet's amazing. Formula Helmet's next level, people. You, you guys got to get on this Formula Helmet thing. Uh, flyracing.com. Go to your local dealer. Pound on the counter until they show you the new uh, Fly Racing catalog because it's got uh, colors and styles and prices, everything that you want to do. Uh, and you can go to motorsport.com and order it and look through it. Or you can go to uh, your local dealer and check that out. Thank you to Fly Racing. Thank you as well to Git. Get, get. Whether it's Athena, their sister company makes cylinders and pistons and things like that, or Get makes a two-stroke and four-stroke ECUs. Uh, they got an RPM dashboard that a lot of GP teams are running. Uh, they have data collection stuff as well. So the Get guys are on it. It's the state-of-the-art technology from the folks at Get used throughout the world, of course. So if you want a discount from the folks at Get, email us using the contact form on pulpmx.com or the Athena stuff too. We can do that as well. Thanks to the folks at Get. Maxxis Tires, SGB Honda. Speaking of Kay Clayson, running Maxxis Tires out there. A-Ray as well. Maxxis.com for more information. Great mountain bike tires. Light truck tires, trailer tires. All sorts of things, Maxxis. If it's black and it's rubber and it's round, they might make it. Thank you to Maxxis for coming on board this show. Plum Creek Funding, Pro Taper, FMF Vision also on board. We'll talk to uh, uh, more about that later on. But again, 702-586-7857. Daytona Supercross this weekend. We are pretty much at the halfway point of the series right now as we speak. So, And the East uh, just got a little lighter with a couple of injuries that we're going to talk about. Jason Thomas and Michael Lindsay coming on as well to uh, help us de debate things. Uh, but taking your calls over there, holding things down in the corner, uh, helping me with my day-to-day -day household chores, the Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? Just glad to be here, Steve. Thanks for your help today. Yep, my pleasure. Really appreciated it. Mm -hmm. Needed that, uh, was it an eight-foot ladder? Eight-foot ladder. Thanks for that eight-foot ladder. Yep. All right. Um, Daytona this weekend, are you excited? Very. You always get so excited. It's, it's hard I'm to, just, it's, yeah, this is me at an eight and a half right yeah, now. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's simply amazing. Uh, all right, let's get Jason Thomas on the phone if we can. The uh, the news, uh, this to dropped today, Jeremy Martin and Levi Kitchen out this weekend um, from the race. Uh, so star racing, uh, is, man, between, between uh, uh, Nichols and uh, um, Justin Cooper, and Jeremy Martin and Levi Kitchen. That is some serious star power that the guys at Star um, get it. Star power. Um, they're missing right now, and it looks like Jmart's going to be out for a while with a with a shoulder injury. Kitchen, I don't know, broken kneecap. That sounds hella painful. I uh, don't know how long, how long that'll knock him out for. But that East Coast just got a little easier because Austin Forkner's out too. Remember him? Uh, him and Jet collided. He broke a collarbone. So yeah, two rounds in, and two of the top title guys, race winning guys are out of the series. Um, the 250 Supercross class just got a little weaker, everybody. Um, so to talk about that and more, to 450 talk as well uh, from Fly Racing, it's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. What's happening? Daytona this weekend. 
Your favorite. I love it. You do. You are a, you are a huge fan. You've been going to this race for a long time. Um, yeah. You've raced it, of course, a ton, a ton as well. Yep. Which Daytona is your favorite? I put up a poll on Twitter this morning. Uh, I voted. What's that? I voted on it. And what did you vote? I voted the uh, – and, and I think that there's so much bias to each person's era. Um, that, that's kind of what I got out of it when I looked at your poll results. Uh, my favorite was the era where it was during the daytime. There was 30 riders in the, the, uh, the big bike main event. So it would have been that uh, 88 to 03 three. Yeah. era. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was cool. I, it, it wasn't the best show. Uh, you know, I, I think the product for television wasn't the best. But I thought the uniqueness of the race, um, having kind of its own little corner of the sport staked out for itself, uh, being a part of bike week. I just, I liked a lot of yeah. things about it. I thought it was a true fitness test. And we got to remember back then it was coming off of the back of Gatorback, right? Like the outdoor, you know, what is now Lucas Oil Pro Motocross started at Gatorback in March, typically the weekend before Daytona. Mm-hmm. So it had kind of that same feel where everybody was in Florida. You come off Gatorback, you go to Daytona, it's still an outdoor event during the day. It's really tough on the riders. Um, so I, I just thought it was a, a really nice fit yeah. for what was kind of going on around that time. Now, now it's totally different, right? It's, it's in the middle of a Supercross series where it's much more of a show, and it's at night, and, you know, the outdoors don't start for two and a half more months. So I kind of get it. But I'm, I'm very fond of that, that era from back then. And I don't remember the 73 to 88 races yeah. uh, for obvious reasons. So. Maybe that was better. I don't know. Now, but th- if I had to choose between then and now, yeah. I'll choose back then. Well, there was a, if there was room for another option, I would have went like a longer track. Because before like 80, like in the early 80s and going back, they went, they left the speedway. They popped over. They went onto an open field. Uh, yeah. And then they came back over the speedway concrete and went back in. And it was 40 riders. It was like a motocross one. Uh, but you know what's surprising is what's leading right now is the nighttime race, full supercross schedule. Uh, Chad, Chad Reed uh, won that. There was a couple of years. Dirtworks did the track even. Um, I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that now, one. As, a, as oh. a rider, as a rider, that was probably the best one. Uh, that that era where it was, it was just because it was so much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, so much less, you know, just uh, demand on riders and wear and tear. The track was so much smoother. You didn't have to change your bike as much. Like there was just a lot of upside to that as a rider and as a team, but. If you want, you know, I guess it just depends on that's where I come in with the bias is like, what, how are you voting on this? If I'm voting as a fan and as just a, a member of the media and all these things that I do now, I like it back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as a rider, I would have probably said the current form. Yeah, it was uh, the old one. And I was a mechanic for some of those and you were racing them. They were long. They were 35 minutes. It was hot. Oh, brutal. It was it's rough. Brutal. It was guys were rolling by the end, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that was uh, my first. Big bike, you know, the 250 at the time, which would now be the 450, that was the first main event I ever made with Daytona. And, of course, it helped that they had 30 riders. Uh, But I remember going into that main event because I made both main events. I made the 250 main and – or the 125 main and the 250 main. And I just – so I only rode a few laps of the 125 because I wanted to get national championship points. You know, we don't have this kangaroo – we didn't have this kangaroo point system that we have now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to get – points toward a national number and you needed to get top 20 even though you were in the main event you still needed to get top 20 in that main event and i also wanted to kind of prove to myself because you have to remember also a normal 450 main event back then only took 20 guys it wasn't 22 yet yeah so yeah I, I wanted to prove that i deserve to be in the main event i want to get top 20 so i get points as well right and then nobody could say a word about 30 riders or blah 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 and i remember battling to get to 20th and i got 20th in the main event i got one point but I rode my ass off. And, it, and like you said, man, it was 30, like 34 minutes, I think the main event was. Uh, I remember Ricky Carmichael lapping me twice, I think. And he was just, you know, I, he, I don't even know. He, he did win. Did McGrath win or Ricky win? Either way, 
I remember those guys coming by me a couple times, and I was just like shaking my head because the yeah. track was so hammered, and yeah. I had no idea how they were still going that fast. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a it was a gnarly uh, Birdwell just walking into those mains, no problem. Yeah, got into. Do you those. remember? Um, do you remember? I know you do, but for those who didn't go or are younger, the track was made basically of two different surfaces: grass and lime rock, and where the grass met the lime rock jumps there would be the biggest hole in like G out <laughs> yeah. that you've ever seen because there was no transition. Like they didn't weed it in with clay into no. a jump. Like it was grass and then a jump and it would get dug out so bad. You'd have to like wheelie into the jump just to make it across that hole to be able to do the doubles. Like it was wild. It was yeah. almost like, yeah. like trials in some sections just to make these doubles. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't think the guy building the track back then was that good at stuff. He was just <laughs> dumping it on there. Like, you know what and I mean? I don't think like, he cared. Yeah. Like, I think that was part of it. Like Maybe. they wanted it to be that right. brutal. Right. Like, they, they had to see the track. They had to know how tough it was for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into this. So yeah, the big news, uh, J Mart Forkner's out uh, from last weekend. And then now J Mart and kitchen is out. Uh, we are down to Cameron McAdoo in the jet right now. I mean, no disrespect to any of the other guys in the class, but it's kind of what, what, what it looks like right now. It's just so crazy how things change, right? Um, you know, we, we left Minneapolis not even two weeks ago talking about, man, we've got five guys that can win, and there, you know, the, there's a lot of depth in this field, so different than the West Coast, and, and what a change, and now we're losing guys left and right. Yep. You know, we're – we're already down two championship contenders and then another top 10, maybe top five guy at times. Uh, so I, don't, I haven't seen exactly what's wrong with Jamart. I don't know if they let out exactly what's wrong. Uh, but, you know, you immediately start thinking about, is this going to impact the outdoors? Which yeah, for me was, he needs surgery on his labor. Yeah, I mean, which is horrible, right? Because for me, Supercross, I didn't have him winning the title. I think Jet is a superior Supercross rider to Jeremy. That's not any disrespect, that's just what I believe to be true. But I felt like he was the favorite going into outdoors. I, I thought, and, and I would have said that all the way into it. So what a tough blow. That's been a series of tough blows for that guy. Yeah, really, right? Um, yeah, it's been a, been a tough go for him. I talked to him a little bit this morning um, and about it, and he said, man, how, every time I hit the ground, I get hurt. It's been so frustrating. And I'm like, yeah, some guys just never – you know, it's like AC, right? Right. To me, that yeah, reminds just, me so much of Cinturillo. Yeah. That's like every time he crashes. Like, he doesn't crash and get up and like, man, what well, didn't get hurt. Like, we, we see that with so many guys. Like, yeah. globally, Tim Geiser crashes about damn near every race, big, and is fine. Yeah. And then you have other guys that if they hit the – like, Cinturillo didn't even crash, you know, and he, and he blows his ACL. It's got to just be really frustrating for those guys with really no explanation as to why. So Cameron McAdoo won this race last year. Obviously feels good. Uh, he's good at there. Um, um, Jet will be good uh, just because he's Jet Lawrence. Who can grab that third spot, though? What uh, I think Pierce Brown can uh, grab it. I think Freckle could grab it. Uh, maybe our buddy Phil could yeah, grab it. RJ there. RJ, RJ, yeah, okay. Yeah, RJ yeah. to me is, is the clear-cut pick. Um, I just wonder how banged up pick. he is. That's kind of where well, I was not going. Yeah. I think he's okay. Um, I think he just – I think he rung his bell. And, uh, you know, he's already cleared to ride. So I think he'll be that pick. It's just the same old story with RJ is does he crash himself out of it? You know, if he, if he doesn't take himself out of it, I think speed-wise, you look at Daytona, it's everything that RJ does well on a motorcycle, sand, rough, difficult. Um, so to me, I could see him getting third or better. Like, I'm not ruling him out of anything. It's just, does he crash mm. himself into oblivion or not? Right, right, right. Uh, Pierce Brown has shown some speed, too, uh, but also shown some crashes. So, uh, I really, I, I wanted to throw out Freckle there. Um, do you, ha do you Is that crazy to you? It's not to me, but is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy when you look at the field yeah. and the way it's getting thinner. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be just straight up, you know, Freckle rides himself to third. I don't know if I see that happening, but listen, it's 250 Supercross. These guys are all over the place, crashes, first-term pileups. I mean, there there is no way to rule anything out. Basically, if if you're capable of running around the top like five, six, seven, eight, then I think anything is possible right now. Because, like I said, we're mm -hmm. we're losing guys left and right, and that's not even counting on the guys that are racing something possibly happening to them on Saturday. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just um, I see this title thing coming down to Jet and McAdoo now, though. I don't like RJ to stay up and be consistent. No, He's already no, a ways yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. I think we're 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 down to a two horse race after two races, yeah. which is crazy. And uh, you know, hopefully nothing happens to either of them. Uh, that would be catastrophic to the series. But uh, the way McAdoo looks, man, maybe he can give Jet a run here. And and I think Cam would be like, "What do you mean? Like I just won the race? How can you even say it's a question?" Um, but he is, he's better than I expected him to be. He, he was not, you know, I, on that ragged edge, which I thought he was at Minneapolis. I saw him almost crash about a hundred times at Minneapolis and, and to his credit, he didn't. And then I thought he looked much more in control. He straight up passed Austin Forkner, uh, in one of the races last week. So I really liked what I saw from McAdoo. And I think if he can go out and back that up, I think it's going to send a message to Jed. It's like, Hey, this guy's for real, because I don't know. I don't really know where Jet came into the series kind of putting, you know, what he would call him whackers, right? I don't think he was his number one threat. I don't feel like he thought that. And maybe that's going to change very quickly if, if Cam can back it up this weekend. Got March Banks coming in the 450 class this weekend, by the way, also, people. So keep an eye on that. Uh, let's get to the phone lines here. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Mike's on four. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, Steve. I'm talking about the uh... – Olympic scoring mm-hmm. method? Yeah. Um, I noticed this like four years ago in the first ever Triple Crown, and I haven't really heard anybody talk about it. Um, if McAdoo had sat in the last turn in the last moto and let four guys pass him, he would have taken two points away from Jet and given them to Oldenburg. And right now he would be the sole possessor of the red plate. But then he gets a worse spot overall. No, he would still. That's the thing. If you have a big enough gap in your points, oh, so you're so yeah. But who's gonna do, who, who's gonna yeah, do that math they're out they're there? Not cal- they're not doing calculus in the middle of these races. I know like, these guys aren't, but yeah, you know, and there's no way. You're, if you tell him on the pit board, like, hey, pull over and get fifth, like he's gonna be like, uh, no, like, yeah, there's I, gonna be a lot of head shaking. I know, I what, know, you, I know what you're saying, up. Mike. I got what you're saying for sure. But, yeah, I don't see these guys doing it. You know, I don't see that I happening. I don't see them doing it either. But if you're concerned about the championship, he'd be leading the championship by two points now. Right, I get, right. Yeah, your, your, your math is right. It's just that's never going to happen. Like, you would, if they had timeouts and they had, you know, some sort of intermission in these races like they did at the Paris Supercross, Paris-California Supercross, you know, 20 years ago. Right. Maybe something like that would go on, but – one, one, you want him to win the race because he gets a podium interview after it, right? And it's a big deal True. to have that yeah. guy winning the race, going over. Like, there's, there's that side of it. And then, two, these things are happening, like, so fast. Like, there's no way, you know, that's even a thought at the time. No one, there's no one to, I guess, the discredit of our sport sitting back thinking, well, if we did this, that would push him here. That would change the championship here. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Uh, and, Unfortunately, we're just—I don't think we're there. Like and, as far as that level, of thought. and there's money for to winning in, individual one. You know, do we know is that, yeah. is that a thing? Yeah, that's a that thing a with thing? some some teams. Yes, yep. Okay, some some rider contracts there are. So, uh, but Mike, no, I, I get it. You're right, but yeah, uh, I don't see well, it happening. Right. So the this happened right. in it's the just... first one with um, first ever Supercross Triple Crown with Tomac, Brayton, and Anderson, and Tomac could have done the same thing, but he only had to let. Brayton pass him. Right. And I understand what you're saying, but I think that's a problem with the scoring because if you're going for a championship, I understand you're not getting the podium interview and you're not getting maybe the extra money. But Right. Well, I just, yep, I get it. It works out. I just don't see it happening. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate yeah. it. But Thank there you. is a way to solve that. It okay. goes into the, can, can I just say one more thing? No, we got to go. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I get it. Mike's All so right. mad at you right now. Yeah, that's fine. Mike's All right. so mad at you. Uh, is this Corey? Is this Corey? Hey, guys. What's up, man? What uh, You got a Pulp Fantasy question? Yeah, I got a quick question for you and JT. Yep. So if you look at historical averages last year, I think the guy that won averaged around 238 per race. Yeah, something like that. And if, yep. you keep, if you keep going back, it's like 240 and then 250. Right now the average is about 271, and I was just curious, do you guys see that high average holding throughout the season, or do you think it's going to dip down? Uh, I, yeah, go ahead, JT. No, I, was just, I think it comes down. Uh, we've had two triple crowns already, uh, which I, to me pushes it up because everybody has eight in. The scores are always higher at those triple crowns. I mean, last week we had three 16s 
in the 250 class, right? So that number yeah. just gets pushed through the roof early, right? To have two triple crowns in the first eight races isn't normal. Um, so to me, that's a, a big factor in it. Um, and then I think, um, you know, some of the some of the guys, not me, my scores have sucked. Um, but I think there have been some historically high scores at the beginning of the series, too. So to answer your question very simply, I think that comes down. Now, does it get all the way to 240? I don't know. Um, but I think, I think simply the triple crowns where guys are getting, you know, three tens and three twenties is having a, a significant yeah. effect on it. Right I think now. that's a great point. I agree. Uh, JT's, JT's right there. I think Corey. So, hey, thanks for taking my right. call, guys. Thanks, Appreciate man. everything Appreciate you do. It. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, it's shocking when you look at the winner's average score and then you think about how you know it's not that high, but it's got to do it every week. You look at their score and then you look at mine. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Got to do it every week. Uh, Dirty Al's on, too. Dirty Al, what's up, man? Hey, guys, what's going on? What's happening? So, what's up? I don't know Rocks and crushing? I was just wondering. Yeah? Yeah, rocks and, yeah. With it being soft and traditionally, you know, jumper whoops, does he turn it around and break out this funkies in this weekend? Well, JT, this was on my list of you to talk about, so we can address it now. I mean, Jesus, if he was ever going to turn it around, JT, if he was ever going to turn it around, he's balls fast at Daytona. Uh, this no whoops, like Dirty Al said. This could. This is a big race for Roxon. Yeah, I mean there is there is a set of Supercross whoops on the track, uh, but they're typically not. You know, they're they're not what you're going to see at A1 or San Diego or anything like that. There would definitely be different. So that's a fair point. He is a zero in fantasy, um, and I'm going to pick him, which means that I'm counting on him to be inside the top ten. <laughs> I don't know what to expect from him. I really don't. Uh, I don't know why he went, you know, he crashed in the whoops last week, but for him to go 16, nine, 16 is not, it's just not something I would ever see Ken Roxon doing. So, I mean, my, my confidence and faith in him showing up and performing is, is pretty rattled right now. But having said all that, if you tell me going into Daytona, a track that he's historically been very good at, and I have to be he. I have to put him somewhere in the top ten with the amount of injuries and things are going on in the four fifty class. I think I have to take it. I think I have to, and, and just roll the dice. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I, I think you know when I say this is going to be the weekend, I'm talking a top five or podium. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Right. That's that's a different level than what he's been able to sustain because it's not been. He just can't get a start. Right. It hasn't been a lot of those things. Like even if you want to talk about a track where the whoops weren't really that brutal. Like uh, where were we, Arlington? Yeah, they, they were not. No, they were they were on the easier side, and he really couldn't do anything. And you go back to Minneapolis; they weren't really that difficult, and he really couldn't do anything. So I don't know what to make of that. Like I, I kind of was like, we well, just doesn't trust the bike and the whoops. But then we've seen this sustained struggle, even though the whoops have gotten easier. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I, to me, I still stick with this all in his head. I don't think he believes I, in the bike. I don't think he believes in himself right now. Uh, maybe Daytona changes that because it's a totally different layout, but he's got to figure it out soon. Yeah, I it, yeah, I'm with you. Thanks, Dirty Al. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. Uh, Jack's got an idea on how to fix the 250 class. Jack, go ahead. What's your idea? Hey, Steve. So I'm actually the guy that emailed you about the Seattle the live show. Oh, okay. Um, give you all. Cool. Um, so, hey, uh, 250 class, uh, 97, I remember Carmichael lined up on the first round um, because he didn't do Supercross the year before. Mm-hmm. They were saying uh, he was outside the top 10. Yeah. He could do the opposite coast. Why don't we uh, take that idea, allow dudes like a Surratt or guys who are outside the top 10 in points, let them do the opposite coast. Don't give them points, but hey, let them do fill and rise. A car now could be filling in for PC right now on a 250 class, maybe. It's, um, I mean, it's yeah. an idea to get drivers out there. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't think it's going to change the. Um, well, I don't think it's going to change fundamentally change. You know, the the issue of missing riders and all of that. It'll bump guys up from you know 15th to 12th and that type of guys. If you're talking about the Surratts and the Carnals and and those type of dudes. Uh, I don't mind it, JT. I mean, you were in that era uh, mm-hmm. racing. I, yeah, go ahead. We we got rid of this a few years ago, but uh, why not? Yeah, it was great for me because it allowed me to race the, the 125 on both coasts. That's how I was able to string together all those double main events. Um, I started that year that I did so many. I started the series late. I was racing in Germany and then came back 
And even though I was getting some top 10s here and there on the 125, I wasn't in the top 10 in points. So I just kept on racing the, the 125 as the series shifted east. So I don't really understand why we got rid of it other than the fact they want to maybe give the east guys a chance. But with all the talk about making this series a national series with one coast and all that, I don't see a big problem with it. It's not like you're going to have a, a ton of you know, ringers come in and, and soak up all the main event spots. Yeah, I mean, that's the bummer part, right, Jack? So you're a 250 East Coast guy. You're prepping. You're getting ready. And then Surratt shows up and takes a main event spot. Or Carnell shows up on the other coast and takes your spot. But those guys are like, they're, they're pr- pretty much privateers, right? Yeah, yeah. Carnell for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I don't – like, he's trying to make a living. No one's paying for him to go – so I, I kind of like – yeah. Listen, he's just trying to race and show up, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. if you can't beat him, it's not like he's riding on a Mitch's truck. No, no, you're right. Um, yeah, I don't mind it, Jack. Uh, yeah, we used to do that. It used to be you could ride the other coast and get points. It was no problem. Then it was you can ride the other coast and get zero points. Um, I think we had somebody made a podium once on the other coast. Um, I think it happened once or twice or something. That was not me. No, it was not you. Uh, but, Jack, <laughs> uh, I don't mind the idea. Let's go back to where we used to do. You want a pair of Zone Pro goggles or FMF goggles? Absolutely. All right, man. Well, you Let's pick. Okay, you want the FMF ones? I'll put you on hold. Tits will get your information. All right. Sweet. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Plum Creek Funding, uh, if you're in Colorado, if you're in Nevada, if you're in California, uh, Plum Creek Funding is licensed in all of those states. And if you're looking to purchase a home in 2022, if you're a first-time buyer or investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. Already own a home or if you're looking to pull cash out or simply lower your rate, contact Zach. He's a professional over 25 years of experience. Uh, the discount code is hashtag same square footage. That is not the discount code. I don't like that. But uh, reach out to Zach Morris today. Uh, Zach, Z-A-C-H at Plum Creek Funding, P-L-U-M, creekfunding.com. Tell him you heard it on Pulp, uh, Pulp MX and he'll give you a deal. Colorado, Nevada, California, uh, Plum Creek Funding. Thank you to those guys for coming on. And speaking of the FMF goggles that Jack just won, Dean Wilson and Zach Osborne used to wear them, and Dean Wilson wears them now, and Cade wears them. Uh, Kyle Peters as well, Arena Cross champion. FMF, uh, they continue to expand the range of goggles now with a full line of lifestyle sunglasses. The all-new line features a unique balance between FMF traditional style and modern fashion. So they got the sunglasses. They also extended the initiative with the introduction of the FMF Vision Privateer Power Program. They allow professional SX and motocross racers to get FMF Vision sponsorship, engage in FMF's marketing platforms, and earn cash for performance and hard work. So FMF Vision giving back to the privateers. Visit fmfracing.com to learn more information of the FMF Vision. Uh, let's go to Brandon on five. Brandon, what's up, man? Yeah, um, so it's that time of the year again. It's time for you to skip Daytona. Yeah. So I was, and you're thinking about skipping Indy, I heard you say, so I was wondering if we could maybe get one of those live pulp shows from, from the house where you just kind of sit back. And watch the race. And I want to. Can I just? Can I relax, Brandon? Can I just oh. chill out? Like you know? No, no. We we need you, Steve. Come on. Well, you know the good thing is is JT and Weege will be at Daytona in the pits doing yeah. a live uh, fly racing radio show uh, at uh, I don't know what time, but by the in the fly racing Around area, five five fifteen or so. Yeah. So if you're at Daytona, if you're listening to this and you go to Daytona, go see Weege and JT. And probably a couple of special guests and, and, and hang out there. But no, Brandon, listen, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna uh, make some chip dip. I'm gonna uh, okay. uh, make myself a margarita. I'm gonna lay back on the couch with Augie on my lap, <laughs> and I am gonna watch Daytona and not have to worry or entertain anybody. It's gonna be great. Well, what about Indy? Daytona's short notice. So yeah, I yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm going to Indy yet. I don't know. I'm, I'm jury's still out. So. If someone yeah, get, if someone wants like to buy me a sh- someone wants to buy me a shrimp cocktail from that place in India, I may go. What is that place called? Um, I'll buy you one, Steve. What is that place called, JT? Uh, San Elmo's. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, all right, thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, thanks. Uh, Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show coming up with Michael Lindsay next after Jason Thomas. So, uh, Eli going for the all time record. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. some guy named Justin Brayton stopped him from 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 already having it. But uh, Eli's won five Daytonas, RC's won five, uh, Kurdowski four, Stanton three, I think. Uh, but anyways, Tomac is going for the win, all-time record. And I like his chances, JT, the way he's riding right now, the way he feels at Daytona. His starts are good for the most part. Uh, Jason Anderson could be in trouble here because if I look at this track, uh, Tomac put three on him. There's six points now. 
Uh, Tomac's going to be good. Uh, Marv's good at Daytona, although he's coming off a disastrous race. Kenny is good at Daytona. Uh, I don't know if Anderson's a lock, Coop. I don't know if Anderson's a lock to like get a podium here. Uh, he is riding great, but this one, we could see a big gap here, a bigger gap when Tomac leaves. I mean, we definitely could. I am uh, I'm very confident about Eli's chances. Um, I mean, this is one of the best Eli Tomacs we've ever seen. He just looks so confident and comfortable in his own skin, and that's a, a really dangerous combination for him coming into his most successful venue. On the Anderson front, I'm not that concerned. I, I think he's riding so well, and we've seen him ride outdoors really fast. Like I don't, I don't think outdoor type tracks are really a liability for him. You know, we've never really seen him ride this well before. So I don't know if he challenges Eli so much to win. That may be pushing it, but I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be right around the podium somewhere. That, that doesn't mean he doesn't lose points and the gap doesn't go to double yeah, digits. Right. That's certainly possible. But I don't think it's going to be some sort of huge letdown event for him. Yeah, it could be uh, first to a third. That's five points. Now you're at 11 or whatever, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Coop's getting better. Uh, after three straight eight places, he's now on, been on the box two races in a row. Yeah, that's a step in the right direction. You know, the the positives there are he's moving in the right direction. We're making like whatever it is with the bike and himself, and that has to feel good, less stress during the week. The downside is is that he's 30 points out of the lead. And not only that, you're dealing with Eli Tomac, who's already at the front at halfway, going into his best venue. So that's a really tough – if you're still thinking championship, that's a really tough dynamic to be looking up at. But, yeah, what are you going to do? All you can do is, is really just race what's in front of you, try to stay on the podium, and hope you get a lot of help down the road because – you already kind of dug yourself a hole, right? The, the damage is kind of done at this point. And, uh, yeah, just try to win some races, and maybe you get a DNF. Maybe you get some sort of luck go your way, you know, before this thing's over. Malcolm's going to be good, too, feeling the Florida vibes. Yeah, you know? yeah man. Mm-hmm. I, he's really coming on. Like He's been getting better and better and better. And then you finally saw him kind of breaking out at the front. And that's really the first time I, he's sustainably been at the front. And you're like, maybe he's going to win this. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how he does home race. He rides his track really well, always has. And you know he's thinking that same thing, right? If we're sitting here talking about it, surely he's thinking like, man, I have a real chance to do something this weekend. And then, you know, the crowd's going to be screaming for him as well. So should be fun. Yeah, uh, Tyler's on three here. Tyler, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Hey, I had a question regarding pit passes for the weekend. Uh, I was at Daytona last year, and no fans were not allowed. Are, are pit passes uh, going to be open to the fans at all? They're going by the pits and all this year? JT? Yes, the pits yeah. are open again. Yep. Uh, the pits okay. are open, thankfully. Last year they were closed, uh, but they are, they're back. We're, we're good to go. Okay. Is that involved in general admission? Because on their website it does, like, the fan, I guess, the track pass. Or it's a, it was, uh, it's a, sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you there. Uh, it's, it's a part of that uh-oh fan zone. Got it. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. boys. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You want to call and talk some Daytona? That's another reason Daytona is not no good. The fa- it's too crowded in the pits. You can't get anywhere. You, you can't walk around. It's just so many people. You know, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good for. I, I think it's cool for the fans though, like the environment there, like in the garages, uh, and uh, you know, everybody's visible. Yeah. No, like, that that part is cool. Last week, you couldn't see anything. Like yeah. You didn't see anybody. Everybody's locked away. It was like, you no, know, that, that part is fine. Like, I just wonder if they sell too many. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't even think they sell them anymore. I think it's just open. Like, oh, part oh of just, just part of the ticket. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Lucas is on one with a question about Sexton. What's up, Lucas? What's your question about Chase Sexton? Lucas, you there? All right, he's gone. Uh, Jason Thomas here from Fly Racing. I also want to thank the folks at Get Maxis Plum Creek Funding, FMF Vision, Pro Taper. Uh, one of our listeners let us know that, yeah, I think Josh Hansen, when he won that Indy race, I think he was another yep. coast rider. I think he was a West Coast rider. Uh, he may have been. Yeah. He may have been. And then, and then he won that I mean, one. The best, thing that, yeah. the best thing that ever came out of that was him, you know, his agent battling for the same money because he beat James Stewart. That was the best thing that ever came out of it. Right, right. Uh, all right, JT, before we let you go, uh, I usually ask you for your winners, but that's too easy. You're going to say Jet and Tomac, so that's that's way too easy. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree. So you're, you're going to give us your podium in both classes. Okay. 
250, I'll go Jet, McAdoo, RJ, which we kind of already talked about, so mm-hmm. that's not the hardest thing ever. Um, 450 is a little more challenging. I will go – I think Tomac gets it done. I just think there's – you know, even if he doesn't, there's just – how can you pick anybody but him? Yeah. Second, um, I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I'm going to go Sexton for second. And then third, I got to go with Anderson. I want to say Webb, but Anderson is just too confident and riding too well right now. I right. just, I don't, I can't find a way around it. He, he's just riding too damn, like he, he feels like he belongs at the front. Because I could go Mookie, I could go Webb, I could go a few guys there. But I, I just think Anderson finds a way to get it done and gets up there. All right, fair enough. Uh, all right, flyracing.com, you'll be there this weekend. Uh, yep. Go see Jason Thomas and Jason Wygant um, in Daytona. The, the Great American Speedway. Steve Matheson's the, favorite race of the, the year. The Cathedral of Speed. <laughs> that is not what oh, it is. Okay, what about uh, also two street bike racing kicks off this weekend? Uh, yeah, MotoGP. So, oh, you are, are in, uh, you are excited. Qatar. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a pretty big deal. And then there are, the um, MXGP is in Mansova again. Mm-hmm. Again, for yes. Seventh time <laughs> in a year. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of racing on this weekend. So right. we're getting into that time of the year where F1 is going to start up. So we have Supercross, MXGP, MotoGP, well, and F1. I, and if you're a NASCAR fan, too. Yeah, I stayed back home because of MotoGP kicking off. That's, oh, I'm that, sure you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you wanted to be able to get up and right, yep, be yep. a part of all the pre-show yep, and all that yep. stuff. Go, yeah. go, go Rossi. All right, uh, <laughs> thanks uh, Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, see you guys. All right, that's Jason Thomas, everybody, coming up with Michael Lindsay, the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Thanks to the guys at Pro Taper, man. Uh, they got the new ACF bar. They've got the Fusion bar that they came out with a few years ago, and they got the original bar way back in the 1990s that blew everybody's minds with had no crossbar. They've taken that. They've elevated their game with the ACF bar, uh, aluminum carbon fiber, the first carbon fiber reinforced handlebar in motocross. Revolutionary carbon core system uses lightweight and exceptionally strong unidirectional carbon fiber cores. To reinforce the aluminum tubing, it's basically has carbon on the ends of this bar. Uh, and uh, also, too, it's the lightest one and one-eighths hand- motocross handlebar on the market. It's got more room for controls, like um, 40 millimeters more or something of room on the bar for controls. And, you know, nowadays that, that uh, that's important with the way the bikes are. Uh, so please check it out. Uh, ProTaper.com, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, Star Racing, Yamaha, all using ProTaper products out there. So thank you to the guys at ProTaper and uh, FMF Vision, um, official goggle of Kay Clayson. Max's Tires, Plum Creek Funding, Git, Git, Athena, and Fly Racing. Let's get right into our next guest here from Vital MX. It's Michael Lindsay. What's up, ML? How are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm good, man. Uh, listen, we lost Forkner in that collision. Now we lost Jmart and we lost the chef. That's the big news from today. And this 250 East class just got a lot thinner. Uh, it's looking a little bit like the West already. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. It's crazy because overall the depth of East is still way better from fifth on back, but mm-hmm. you're going to end up with that same level of separation out the front because it's going to be McAdoo and Lawrence 30 seconds out within a you know within halfway of the main and into traffic. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. I, I and I'd like to argue that okay, well if these guys get a worse start, like there's some deep good names in there, they sh- they should struggle to get through more. But like how Jet proved in uh, one of the three mains, Arlington, which was shorter than the standard main man, he still knifed yeah. right through the guy. So it's like, yep. yeah, okay, it's it's really not any, it's not that much different than West Coast at this point. Jet came from last to fourth in ten minutes, and he came from last to third before the collision in the, in under ten minutes. Also, so yeah, the the Jet is certainly turning on the Jets. It's pretty much what we're down in him and Cameron. And then what's the word on? Is RJ going to race this weekend? Yeah, yeah, RJ's in. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, and then uh, you know our buddy Phil, our buddy Phil there, ML. He could end up with a podium here if things if things would break a certain way. Phil, dude, Phil killed it at Arlington. Other than the one, the washout. Other yeah. than that, I kept watching each man. Like he is the best guy on that team at the front. You know, Jason Enzo both had very respectable results in Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say for me of this series right now, Phil is the biggest surprise. I, I didn't expect him to be as good good as he's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, 45 years old, hasn't raced Supercross <laughs> for four years, and this is what he looks like. Um, screaming about death cross. Yeah. yeah. Hey, on, a, on another note, the 250 class has certainly been a lot of talk this year, and uh, we had a caller propose the – and I didn't mind this idea, and I told it to Mui on Monday – uh, I said, you know, make the one coast zero to three years of experience or zero to four years, whatever, pick a number, uh, and make the other coast the veterans. 
Uh, so you'd see RJ and Jmart and Craig and Nichols all racing one and, 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 and Coop. And then the other one, you'd have Pierce Brown and the Jet um, and, and, you know, the, these other guys um, – Race at uh, Shimoda and these dudes racing the other one. I don't mind that idea. It forces the riders, the teams to hire more riders and mechanics, just like we have now, because the big fear of combining the classes is, you know, you're going to lose dudes. You still keep the regional series, which just allows the smaller teams to compete in an eight race series instead of 17. So easier to field a team for a Eastern, for a regional series. And then you have more of an advantage uh, of, of seeing the, the, the equal experience and coasts together what's your thoughts on well let me get your thoughts on that and let me get your thoughts on how do you fix the 250 class do you even bother to fix the 250 class are you perfectly fine uh, where we're at um i'm not perfectly fine where we're at i mean being i just did 250 team i have some thoughts on it Mm -hmm. i definitely agree with we need it cannot become one class just because of the amount of you know as we as we always talk about when we come to that well there's so many good names why aren't they all just racing each other well then we lose literally half the – we have half the amount of rides, half the amount of mechanics jobs. Then Mitch and Star and all these guys aren't going to hire as many guys as they are. So I do think there needs to be some separation. <clears throat> I do think basically – because then there's the argument, okay, why don't we go to three classes? There's a you know a 250 class that's all in with everybody, and then there's still some sort of development below that. Uh, you know, In a perfect world, I'd love to see that because that's an argument for even more rides, more jobs, but we all know that there's a million reasons why that doesn't work for TV, daytime format, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we just can't keep slamming classes. So um, I actually just read that one on the forum last night. I missed the Monday show, and I like the idea. Um, I, I would agree with that one heavily because to that point, like, it, there definitely needs to be – we need the best talent racing each other because we get a situation like this where we lose one or two dudes. And, and no offense, some of these guys in the 250 class, it's like, again, a Jet, a Cameron, a Craig, they're so much better than everybody they're racing. It, it's, it's, yeah. You look at the, hand, it's you look at the experience that, to watch. Yeah. You look at experience wow. like J Mart has over someone like Pierce Brown. Like mm-hmm. you just, just the racing laps on a supercross track in, in a, in a, on a Saturday night. Like it's not even funny. It's not even comparable, you know? Um, well, I think, yeah. like, you know, and this is nothing to discredit what Phil's doing right now, but you look at guys like a Phil, Marty, guys that have years of experience, especially, I think, at East Coast. Like, okay, you take these young kids, realistically, it's like growing up your whole life playing baseball, motocross, and then being told right before you turn pro, hey, you need to learn how to play softball as well. And then, oh, yeah, and you're going to compete against dudes that figured that out, that have been doing this for 10 years. Then you get into, like, the ruts and nastiness of East Coast, and that's the thing. You're just sending these kids out to race such gnarly veterans. Uh, they're, it's not really a development class at that point. No, it really no. isn't. No, it's lost all of its original dream of what it started with in the 80s. It's lost all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I like the idea. I don't mind it. I just think that, you know, there's talk. Hunter Lawrence is uh, May. There's talk about Hunter Lawrence taking a dive. He's second in the points. You know, like – but he's, you know, almost 30 back or whatever of Christian. Like we have now, so now we're going to have a dude in the first year, Nate Thrasher last year, miss races. We may have a guy second in the points, miss races. Like the system's broken. It's fucked. When you have that and you have the stars of the sport, a Hunter Lawrence or whatever, taking dives, the, the whole thing's fucked. It's got to get changed, in my opinion. So Jesus, I didn't even realize they were talking about Hunter. Because how many, you know, I had somebody ask me that the other day on who's really on the points bubble. And I was trying to map it out. I asked Pelletier, and the only two that he said off the top of his head going into the season were Jay Martin and Forkner mm-hmm. on the bubble this year, Yep. If, which now they're both. <laughs> that got ended literally in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how many seasons? Because what is it? Is it four or five seasons over the threshold? Three. It's now. three seasons. Okay, three seasons. So that puts – is Hunter really already that close, or are they just trying to, like, no, bubble they're, down? They're like, just the trying to, yeah, they're years. just trying to protect the ride for a couple of years. He's, he only, he only mm-hmm. did it once. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, you have to look at yeah the the entire class. At that point, really is broken. You can make excuses on why it's working, but there's some pretty irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. It's just let's 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 figure this out, people. Um, all right, Michael Lindsay on the line seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Got a few lines open still. You want to give us a call uh, to talk some more Daytona and everything else, Michael? You're not that old of a guy, but but let me ask you, what's your favorite? Favorite to Daytona format, like we've had it under the under the lights, we've had it in the daytime, we've had forty guys, we've had thirty guys. I'm sure you've seen some videos from back in the day. Uh, what do you like for Daytona? Um, 
I I like I've liked the bigger field, the forty. I've liked anything that's more of an outdoor track. I really do dislike now that it's gone so super cross special, like to the point that the guys don't really tweak anything anymore. It, yeah. It's gone to the point they almost don't. And the reason I say that is I always have this opinion of Supercross of like it's not the sport we all grew up doing like motocross. I, I don't mind that the format is different or there's a little bit of a, a show quality to it in the throw in that sense of like make the track so fucking weird and outdoors <laughs> that the guys actually have to do something different. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that theory. Um so I don't know if I really particularly care on the amount of guys running it. Yeah, yeah. Or Dare Night, my biggest thing with the format is the track itself. I really wish it was just way more like it used to be, way less super crossy, way just force it to the point the guys really have to try something different at this race. Mm, interesting, yeah. Uh, they could definitely definitely do that. Um, Marsh Max, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I like it a little bit better. Um, well, honestly, I'm going to piss people off with this. It's probably not nothing new. I would scrap the whole thing. I would scrap the whole thing. Um, oh, no Daytona. No Daytona. Look, because, and it's not even Daytona's, uh, it's not even the, the Carmichael's fault or anything else, but the widening of pit lane, the the, the things that they, they can't really put the, st- the fans next to the track anymore because yeah. of uh, uh, whoever's bike. It's that, lost some of its original allure. It's, it's lost its lure. It's not, uh, it's not. Um, uh, long enough. It's not wide enough. It's got to go around sprinklers and stuff now. It, it's. It, I just. Yeah. It's sorry. Uh, tradition's great, but you know what? Everything. Some things always have to change. So uh, to me, I think scrap it. I don't think it's anywhere near what it used to be and the coolness of it used to be. And that's not anybody's particular fault. It's just the times have changed. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So. No, I'd agree because you think of it like as the event sits in NASCAR, like winning Daytona is. Not worth as much of a championship, but it's its own legacy, and I feel like it kind of used to be that in moto. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's cool to win Daytona, but it's not the standout event. It used to be more, it's just kind of another round on the calendar. Yep, yep, exactly. But uh, but if I had to do it, I think if I had to pick, uh, nighttime is cooler than the daytime, literally, mm-hmm. uh, and then just how we have it now is is, is the way if I, ha- if I had to go. Um, Marchbanks is Garrett Marchbanks has not had the season he kind of wanted on the West. He's riding a 450 this weekend. Of course, he won this race on Pro Circuit a few years ago. Uh, he's in the 450 class. You play Pulp and Mix Fantasy. Uh, what's your thought on Marchbanks and, and his uh, his level? Now, I uh, I did talk to somebody who was pretty biased, but they said he's flying right now. Uh, which I mean, he's fast anyways. We know this. But what do you think about Marchbanks jumping on 450 class this weekend? Well, the one thing I feel like that's at least good to it is like most 250 kids jumping up to it. I don't think he's gone it in his head that a 450 has to be perfectly set up for him to race it. And this round is unique. So I think if there is, if the track breaks down kind of weirdly or anything, I don't think he'll be as mentally thrown off like mm-hmm. how some of your veterans can be where they're just so, they have to be so precise with bike setup that could play in his favor depending how the track breaks down. But uh, I really, I hate to waffle it, but I throw it each way. It can go really, really good, or it can go really, really bad, and neither are going to surprise me. Okay, what's his I, top end, though? What do you think his best finish could be in the 450 class? Uh, I'd be really, like, I would be like, holy crap, if he got a fifth or a sixth. Oh, I don't I'm, think he's got a chance at that, in my I, eyes. I said, I said yeah. holy crap. I feel okay. I think realistically, like respectable with the way the field is, of course, like a 10th to 15th is super, I think is gen, even though it sounds like I think that's genuinely really respectable and should yeah. be, uh, be thought of well by the team and himself. I think he could get a top 10. I think he could be a <laughs> 9, 10 guy, high end, like this went amazing and he'll be ninth or 10th to me, mm-hmm. but that's still good. That's still awesome. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, now, interesting to see. Speaking of Daytona, so I, was, I know most people probably looked at the basic stats for this. So we have Eli coming in on the heels of Ricky's record for five premier yeah. class wins at this race. Um, Anderson has only podiumed this race once on a 450. I mean, he's got a lot of like fourth, fifths, a bunch of sevenths. Even though Anderson's on a, a rail, I mean, can you really bet against Eli at this race? Can you at any point, other no. than like a small percent chance, can you go, oh, Jason can beat him at this? No, no, I don't think you no. can. No, I, 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 I mean, it could happen with the bad start, and, and Jason's riding great, but yeah, the heavy, the, the odds are Eli adds to his points total, points lead this weekend. Yeah, um, but uh, Marv's rode really good at Daytona. Marv has had some great races at Daytona, and I don't know what the hell happened to him, 
last weekend in, in the first one, uh, and then his night got worse from there. But Marv's somebody that has ridden Daytona really well, so he'll have good vibes. Malcolm, of course, he's 30 minutes away. Uh, he'll be jazzed up for it and wanting to do well, and he's been really solid this year. Sexton's always a threat, and if Kenny was ever going to do it, ever going to turn this thing around, it's going to be at Daytona uh, ML. So, I, I, like, Jason's got some threats here, more so than, say, if we were just going into Minneapolis. Like, there's some valid reasons for Jason to have more competition this weekend. No, definitely. I'm. It is so many, I feel like, even, okay, Webb's been back on a roll. Does it continue here, or them chasing the bike, or did they find something, but it doesn't work here? Like, I feel yeah. like, the, once again, Eli's the only person, I feel like, in this field, you can go, okay, he's going to have a good weekend. Behind him, it's just a giant field of question marks for me. Like, again, wouldn't be surprised if this guy, this guy does good. Wouldn't be surprised if they have a horrible weekend. It just seems too much of a, a toss-up. Albeit, I will say, I think, I think Jason might have one of the best Daytonas he's ever had, based on how well he's riding. But in saying that, matching his best performance would be a third. I think yeah. if he can damage control this round, uh, again, if Eli goes down and you can win this, cool. Is If he comes out here anywhere from a third to a fifth, uh, that may sound low for a guy going championship, but like I think that's respectable considering what his past runs are at this race. If, if he can get on the podium here, um, I think it would be good because, as you said, there's so many other – guys you throw up in the air that have done well here that have been that have better results on the board than him that he needs to beat. Can you tell me what's up with Ken Roxon? Do you know? Oh my god, I no. No, <laughs> can you? I, I, I don't get it. I don't like I understand stuff goes wrong, but watching him like ride around in fourteenth not being able to pass Shane McElrath some races has me just beyond scratching my head. I, I really don't know where you label this point. Yes, they've struggled with the bike, but Chase has been able to get around it. Um, it's the same bike. At, it's the same bike. And then you look at Kenny go number one qualifier. So how can you label it as anything other than the rider at that point? Yes, you you could say, oh, well, he's struggling with this stuff. But at that point, the decision to get there or the reason he can't ride it, it's all you just got to point at him and be like, <laughs> somebody sent me this really horrible meme this week. It's a stick figure holding a stick. Like, you know, usually you would poke something on the ground and be like, come on, do something. It's a picture of him laying on the ground and then a Honda logo on the guy's head with the stick poking in the bubble says come on do something it's so messed wow up. i was like that is messed like, up. that is so harsh but i'm like yeah it's horribly fitting at this point you, um, you gotta wonder what well you know people at honda i mean what do you have, have you talked to anybody I, over there lately i kind of haven't asked about that and okay. i don't dare because a little bit i have uh, i not i get embarrassed but it's just like i it seems about the same level of of shrugging of shoulders i don't know yeah and I, okay. like i said i kind of haven't wanted to go down that path recently and ask dude like, um so i i've been saying for a little bit and you're plugged in you know to stuff like this like, like i am I, i've been saying for a while like i know they haven't talked contract right and That's, and it's march and yeah i feel like maybe they're just like we need a change and honda's probably like we need a change what, what do you think um, I asked more at off season. I haven't asked since we got in season, but when I asked off season, it really sounded like there had been no communication. I think the door had been open. Like, do you guys want to talk? But based on what I was told, they really hadn't heard anything. And I've asked, you know, this could probably be easily figured out. Kenny only has a couple of personal sponsors, but I asked one of his largest personal sponsors and they're like, look, we, we haven't communicated with him in months about anything. Like, right. I don't know. Right. So, I don't know. Could you see him leaving? I, I, I could see him leaving, but as we talked about, you, um, I think Red Bull has to stay. I think he's a Red Bull guy. I think they so like him. So, he, he has another year on his contract. I did ask a question to somebody in that direction, and I got told if he really feels like he needs to do something else with his career, I think they would let it let that deal go. He has another uh, year on his Red Bull contract, is what on his Red yes, Bull contract. Yes, yep. yes, I did. I did ask that recently because that question mark. I'm like, so is he totally free at the, the end of this contract from everybody? Like, what can he do? Um, he is still contracted to Red Bull through 2023, but I think if you know, just like aiming with the contract, if no, mutually yeah. everybody involved doesn't want to continue, I think the door is open there to also yep. end that if needed. But again, we come down. It's like so unless he, where's he mentally? Is he wanted? Does he watch what a Tomac has done and go? Okay, I'm going to throw a big salary out the window, even possibly a long personal sponsor to take one of the possible options just to reset the career or is he there? Like, is he mentally there? I don't know. I wouldn't, I kind of don't think so. I but think, I, I think if you're, if you're Adam, if you're Kenny, 
You're, if you're Adam or you're Kenny, you're looking at Anderson and Tomac and being like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Like that, you know, like, you know, that's interesting. And look what those guys got for some fresh, yeah. fresh people I, around them. I feel like with it, that's one I've had a few people ask me, like, do you think AC, AC should stay or not? I think regard, and I don't mean any, like, look at what the Cowie guys are doing with Anderson. I don't mean this in any way against Cowie. I don't mean this in any way against Nick Way. I don't mean this in a bad way against anybody. At a certain point, one of my favorite things, you know, is insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. At some point, you either got to commit to, I'm just going to keep doing this, and it's possibly going to blow up my face, or I got to gamble. Mm-hmm. So what is, where does AC gamble? Is it a different team, a different program? I, I would at no point, if he did it, I wouldn't label it as he was unhappy with anybody, or it's bad. It's just like at some point, you, you, you kind of have to gamble and just be like, this isn't working. Something isn't working. I got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Anderson and Tomac <laughs> are prime examples of like, you know, they're older and they're better than they were on new bikes. Yeah. And well, it, the rule, the math doesn't really add up, but, it, but we're seeing what, what we're seeing is it is adding up and those guys well, are better. And what's crazy to me is you could easily take the Tomac. So from what we heard of his issues with cow and stuff, and you see him go to star and you hear what their proposal, kind of how they pitched him. Like the Eli one to me, you know, you could label as you could point the finger at Cowie very easily. But then you look at Jason going there, and I would arguably say, you know, Jason I think is riding better right now than the year he won the championship. Not that he didn't ride great the year he won the championship, but yeah. he did ride well and consistent early in the season. And as guys fell off, he he really mounted to the challenge. Where this year he's put down the challenge from the moment he started. I we haven't seen that of Jason Anderson on a 450 in my opinion to this level. Um, so you can't you can't label again the Tomac thing like oh it's it's but that's where I'm saying I wouldn't blame AC like how I wouldn't blame them. It's not it's not that the team's an issue. There's just something that isn't maybe working because Tomac left Cowie because it wasn't working. Anderson walked into Cowie. Eli's doing better and Anderson's doing better than Everett. So all right, uh, all right. Let's get to some phone calls here. Michael Lindsay from Vital MX on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Hey. First up, it's CJ. What's up, CJ? Hey, Steve. Hey, Michael. Um, I know it was kind of a couple minutes ago, but back to the 250 class and making changes, how how are changes made? How have changes been made in the past? Um, I know you're talking about riders riding different coasts for no points and whatnot, but like, how are changes actually made? So you can talk about them forever, but what needs to be done? What do you mean, how are changes made? Like, what's, like, uh, like who's going to make that change? Um, uh, the AMA would make it in, 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 after talking to teams and kind of taking the pulse of teams and seeing what they would make. Like, you know, they're your partners. You've got to run things by them. Um, but the AMA is the one who makes the change. And teams, I mean, how do they feel about the, the way the 250 class is right now? I would imagine they care. I don't know if they, they voice. They want, it, their, they want their riders. Publicly. They don't want any of their riders to ever get kicked out. Right, they they hate that they they're losing yeah. championship well, guys, I, so they don't like that. I don't think I yeah, I don't think I do either. I mean, if they want to get, if they want to move up, great. But the the forcing them to is is kind of weird to me. So I didn't know, I don't know how changes were actually made. So yeah, I th- I would, and there's been a lot over the years of what of rule changes. I mean, they amended a rule a few years ago to keep Savachi and Davalos down because the teams went to the AMA and said, "Hey, man," or, or right. Mitch Payton did. You know, hey man, like these guys don't have rides, and and we have a contract with them. You know, and we didn't realize that we had a contract with them. But then, like with Brock Tickle, they had a contract with Brock, and they had to put him in a 450. So it's all over the place, right? Like that's just back to the same. Nobody cares yeah. what the rules are. They're going to do what they want. Yeah, like yeah. No, nobody no. cares about the rules until a group of people get together. So ultimately, so the AMA has to be the one to make the decision. But for what Steve is proposing one of two things has to happen. Either a group of teams has to get together and go to the AMA, not just not just Roger and Mitch. You have to have a decent amount of them. You need to stand up and have the same reasoning, or at least to propose it to the team, spelled if they're worried about the show side of it, as we talk about, like if they see the value in, in splitting up the classes and you know actually trying to grow superstars on the youth side before they just get cratered by veterans. Like If they see a value they could again go to the AMA and propose it, and then the AMA could go to all the teams and weigh their temperature. But either – I don't – like the AMA themselves, I never feel like is going to enact a rule change unless they're the power to enact it, but either Feld's got to propose it or a big group of the teams has to propose it. And, and, are, they, and, are they pretty receptive to that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they are. Um, 
uh, Michael, did, when you were when you had your team, did you go to the AMA for any problems or any issues? And how how did you feel you got that? Um, I did when we had the weird thing when they kept changing last year East West East West, and they kept reversing what they all were. And I was for COVID, yeah. Yep. I was the one that basically got the coast switched back because I went to them, and it was something they weren't aware of. Is I can't remember if I hit up Moo. I think I went to Mooey on it, and I said, "Hey, look, you flopped this East West thing like twice." And the problem is as I said, as a one-region support team, I said Honda also has another support team with Phoenix. We basically gave up our rights to get bikes earlier than them because they basically on how you guys swapped everything, they were going to race first. He's like, well, why can't they still race first? I'm like, because you swapped east and west back again. I'm contracted for west. They're contracted for east. That actually affects our, our bottom line contracts, like the way everything works out. And, you know, at first I think it was just, oh, it came across as just me complaining, but I called every single single coast entity 250 team i knew that was having some problem i'm like hey i revoiced my concern if you have the same concern i do go to mui and i think like seven of them did and then they they hit me back and they're like look we apologize we're like we didn't even realize you know we just thought coasts were named we didn't think it actually came down to your guys' contracts and like that parts have been moved around all this crazy stuff because of that so they flopped it back they totally understood our issue when we came to them and I felt bad because they made a press announcement and then they changed it like three days later for us again. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah, so so, so they they do listen to you a little bit. Uh, yeah. CJ, do you want That's a pair a of uh, you want a pair of FMF Zone Pro goggles? I would absolutely absolutely love a pair. I got it in a Krapovich exhaust, but I'll take some FMF goggles. That'll be sweet. All right, sweet. Stay on hold. All right, we'll get it to you. Uh, all right, thanks, CJ, for calling. Uh, last question is Dustin. Dustin, what's up, man? What's going on, Steve? It's an honor to talk with the king of MX podcast. I oh, uh, love you. your shows, every single one of them. Thanks, uh, but uh, what, do you, what do you think about Tomac this weekend? I, I felt like he just kind of backed off and played it safe, and he knew he had to win in the bag. I felt like he could have chased Anderson down, but there was no need for it. But uh, I think you mentioned something on the show this week, on the Pulp MX show, that few fans were weren't real happy about that uh they wanted to see more fight between the two i, I think it was fine uh it was three races there was lots of fight going on all the way around the track uh i thought tomac following anderson as closely as he did and putting heat on was uh was interesting and yeah did he take a chance he, he really didn't um he knew he had the overall but that's the one drawback of a triple crown right so um yeah i, I was fine with it yeah, I, I love them. I really like the triple crowns. I think too many of them would get old, but uh, love to see it. I think it's Tomac's championship. His consistency is, uh, you know, second to none, other than right. a few hiccups here. I, I would love to see more fight out of Anderson, but he, he's just not consistent. The move on Mookie was terrible, <laughs> but uh, made for good racing, and uh, love to see the carnage too. All right, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate. It. Thanks for listening. I agree. Take care. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it was interesting for sure. Jason admitted, uh, Michael, that that move on Mookie was not a smart one, and I would agree with that, and Mookie <clears throat> may get him back down the line somewhere. So I thought that one was funny because, you know, we're reposting videos of crashes and stuff. we got to go a little bit grabby on the title. Like, the title I put straight up was Jason Anderson cleans himself and Malcolm Stewart out. And I got blasted because, like, you know, there's some people like, yeah, Jason him, and then somebody like, oh, Malcolm cut down. You're a moron. It's all Malcolm's fault. Again, I don't, you know, it's it's blame pie. But then we get to the press conference, and it gets asked to Jason. Jason literally says, he goes, yeah, I came off the rhythm going into that, landed on the throttle, and looked up and realized, I'm going way too fast right now. Yeah. Uh, like, Jason totally well, copped to it. Like, here's uh, the, yeah, my, my bad. Here's the thing. Jason knows the line in that corner was to cut down because of ruts to triple out. Yeah. Like, that's what people did. So you got to know that. Jason knows that. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can't be like, oh, Mookie turned down in that corner. It was He was doing what other guys were doing in that same corner. So, um Anyways, interesting uh, stuff. Thanks, ML. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, VitalMX.com. Go there. Michael's got a, a forum to run. And, uh, and oh, manage. God. It's, it's been a mess last day, too. <laughs> hey, I got one question for you yeah. before we go. Yeah. It's a little bit based on what's going on with, like, Star having massive injuries, um, kind of talking to the World Supercross guys. Like, so this new World Supercross series – teams basically have to show up with a guaranteed amount of riders forcing fill-ins regardless unless like the rider gets hurt at the event of course yeah, but yeah. next week forcing fill-ins do you think um you know again we have stars showing up with six guys and now they got four hurt do you think that a team in any way should actually be forced to provide a fill-in per con uh, per rules in the ama series uh, to give the fourth guy get a chance because you've seen how it's changed yeah i mean 
uh, the whole fill-in ride thing has basically disappeared. Yeah, uh, I would love that. I've always said that Feld, and this may do this. This is another podcast for another time, but I've always said that Feld should pay these teams some money. They're part of what puts the show on. Then there's money there to be to be had. Never mind paying the riders. Pay these teams. Uh, however, so if you pay the teams, then I think you can insist on a full field. But if you don't pay them anything, I don't see how you can go to them and say, "Hey, you need to fill in." Like I just don't yep. see how you can do that. You know? Yeah. But yeah. So. I don't know. It's interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that the World Supercross guys were saying that you had to. You know, you have to field this many teams. So, well, to yeah. to your to your point of like, hey, they're being paid since it is a you know a, a charter buy-in. There is upfront money every race. Basically, all the ten teams racing have to provide two two fifty riders and two four fifty riders to every race. Again, if somebody gets hurt in the middle of it, you know that's a whole different deal. But by the next round, yeah. based yeah. on the way they termed it to me, I think they have to provide a fill-in. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. If there's some in same scenario like it's back-to-back fly- flyways and they can't get somebody i could see them sure. doing an extra wild card at each race but it it sounds like it's very much like hey if the opportunity is there like you have to put somebody on the bike yeah interesting no i i, I think that's awesome but you you can't do it unless you're incentivizing the teams so um yeah, yeah. um all right michael thanks thanks for uh, calling in appreciate it uh and uh what race are you going to next i'm going this week and i fly out oh. of red eye tonight all right well I won't see you there. I'm staying home. So, <laughs> I I stayed home last weekend. So my yeah. turn to go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, ML. Appreciate it. Yeah. See, you, man. That's Michael Lindsay from Vital MX. Thank you to Fly Racing, Get Maxis, Plum Creek Funding, FMF Vision, and Pro Taper. Thanks for calling in, people. Daytona this weekend. Enjoy it. A tits. Uh, I, again, you brought it. Yeah. You brought and, the heat and again. Gave you five extra minutes. And five extra minutes yep. and a ladder. Yep, and a ladder. Phenomenal. Yep. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. See you next week.